1: Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling.
2: On this morning, Kettering, if you have your Bibles with you and you should, we want to invite your attention to 2 Kings chapter 6. We begin our reading of verse number 1. God's word reads as follows, and the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, see now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, go. And then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. And so he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, an iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, "Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. And so he cut off a stick, threw it in there. He made the iron float. Therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. Would you pray with me this morning? Father in heaven, we bless you and thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for being a kind and gracious God. We look forward this morning to your word that you might speak into our hearts, that you might say what you desire to say, that Lord, you might raise someone this day from the deadness of sin into the light of your marvelous grace father i'm praying that you would turn someone around from their pursuit of sin and living unrighteously before you pray god that you would draw them to renew the broken fellowship that you would restore a love they once had with you spirit of the lord i'm praying that in all that i stand and say and all that comes through these lips of clay God, that they would bring awesome glory and honor and praise to your most precious name. Father, we need you on today. Even as we stand and declare your word, I'm praying, God, that you speak through me, Lord. I'm praying that you would use me. I'm praying that you would give my mind clarity of thought, my lips clear clarity of articulation. Lord, that everything that is done might honor you and bless you. So, Lord, now I surrender all into your hands. Glorify yourself in this moment. And in this preaching hour, God, speak to your people as only you can. In Jesus' precious and wonderful name, I pray. Amen and amen. Well, uh, Kettering family, I-, I want to, this morning, begin uh, to preach a series of messages uh, entitled Miracles. Now, just to give us uh, some clarity, I want to give you the definitions that I've dug up on miracles. And miracles are defined, if you will, as surprising, uh, welcomed events that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws. Therefore, considered the work of God. Miracles are highly improbable and extraordinary developments or accomplishments bringing welcome consequences. They are an extraordinary event or manifesting divine intervention into human affairs. The miracles that We oftentimes read of in scripture seems so far away, but yet I want to declare to you this morning that miracles are ever present around us. And in some cases we may be standing in uh, some dire or desperate situation and we may even declare this morning as we're watching and listening and worshiping that God, I need a miracle in my life right now. Well, as I delve into this particular text this morning, we find that this miracle of Elisha is in line with all the others that he had thus far performed, saving the prophets and their families from physical want and financial disaster. By this time, as you follow his ministry, he has multiplied the oil for the widow whose about to die. He has cured the stew that was bitter and was declared by the sons of the prophet to have death in it. He has additionally fed a hundred that they did not think were it was possible and miraculously Elijah instructs the sons of the prophet go ahead and serve the food which we have Uh, even though it doesn't look like it's going to be enough. You serve the food, and when it's said and done, it'll be not only enough for everybody, but there's going to be some left over. And just as Elijah declared it, it came to pass that that miracle was performed. So now here in this text again, we find Elijah once again performing a miracle on behalf of of the prophets of God. In this case, they are the disciples. They are the sons of the prophets, uh, the prophets in training. So on this morning, as I delve into this text, I want to talk to you from the subject matter, the axe head miracle. I must confess that as the Lord had led me to this particular passage, I myself initially even wondered, why was this particular miracle even recorded in Scripture. In fact, I'll be honest with you, I even thought, why was it even necessary for this to be performed as a miracle in the first place? And it seems such a, a trite thing that, I mean, somebody loses an axe head in the water. I mean, you know move on. I mean, it's gone. Wait for it to wash ashore or you you just lost it. I mean, it just seems such an insignificant thing. But a deeper look into this text will teach us uh, some lessons that we can learn about God, and more specifically, we can learn about miracles. Well, first and foremost, as we look into this text, I want to show you and I want to identify that miracles, first and foremost, happen to support the will and the work of God. So here it says, you know, the sons of the prophet say to Elijah, this place that we're living with you. Is too small. And so, what's happening here in the text is that Elijah has performed several miracles, and his popularity as a prophet has grown, and he has drawn and attracted some poor and humble students to be discipled by him. And the number of disciples of this prophet Elisha is growing in number. And the interesting thing is that as you look at them, as you walk and watch through the text, you actually will discovered that they're very humble in their approaches, and they're they're okay with hanging out and living in humble means uh, until it gets to the place where the place where they are living, which is Elisha's little humble house, uh, is just not enough space. It's not enough room for all of them to live in, and so therefore uh, they finally uh, muster up the courage, if you will, to come to Elisha and say to Elijah, Elijah, well, this 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 house, we we we, you know, we're not complaining or anything, but. But this house is, is just too small. And and so uh, they have a, a resolution for the problem. Uh, please let us go uh, to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, go. Elijah says, that's, that's cool. Uh, but this is the interesting thing to me as I look into this text, as I was walking uh, meticulously through, what I discovered here is though these Sons of the prophet are are poor and humble. I mean, they've got no means. They've got they've got no money. They're not wealthy and and running over. Uh, they they they, they, they watch this. I I see in the text that watch this. Uh, uh, poverty does not prevent the provisions of God from coming forward Uh, let me say that again poverty does not prevent the provisions of God now a lot of times folks say well wait a minute pastor you can't you can't say that if 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 God can provide then why are they in poverty well I would I would challenge you in that to say talk to some people who are live really living in poverty and ask them has not the Lord made a way somehow Lord have mercy I know we've risen up to the point of being middle class and sophisticated now, but there was a time that we were in poverty and didn't even know we was in poverty because the Lord was still providing for us day by day, hour by hour, and moment by moment. I'm trying to help somebody this morning to understand that the Lord will and can provide even in the midst of our poverty. And in the midst of these uh, sons of the prophets' poverty, um, they 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 have a, a desire to have a more suitable place. Uh, to, to to dwell in now, now 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 when they ask the question of Elijah they say Elijah you know this place is too small we, we we got a plan we can can we go down to the Jordan and 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 cut down some trees and we're gonna build a bigger place there so it'll be more suitable for us as as the the the, the assembly of the numbers of the sons of prophets and and, and, and our dwelling uh, the numbers have grown and, and we need more space and so. Uh, the, the, in other words, if I can say it this way, that we need a building program here, and uh, and and it's, and it's not a, a building program just so we can have extra bedrooms, and and you know that we can uh, put decorative things in, and and so we can have an office set on the side, and and, and so that we can put uh, build bigger closets for all of our stuff that we have, and and no, no, it's not so we can have a, 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 a not more than we. I know one car garage would have been okay, Elisha, but we need a three car garage. Now they don't have that kind. Of mentality they literally are at a place where they have a need and they have an idea as to how that need might be met and Elisha agrees with them and he says go and so uh, the fact that Elisha tells them uh, go and he agrees with them and and says to them go and not only does Elisha say go but another uh, son of the prophet comes back and says well will you go with us And Elisha says, I will go. Elisha's response helps us to understand that this project that they're on, this, watch this, this building program that they're in the midst of, this is the will of God. Stay here with me. And as it is the will of God and they begin to do the work of God, they get there and they're they're cutting down the trees. So they need some trees. They're cutting down the trees and they need this to support the work of God and the will of God so that the prophets who are in training can have a space. And enough space to live in and to abide in because the number is growing. That sometimes what God will do is he'll whoo, he'll enlarge your territory such that where you are just ain't enough to hold you anymore. And as you keep on doing the work of God and the will of God, He'll make a way for you to expand. That's what's happening literally in the text. And so he's expanding their place and, and he's allowing them to go forward to build this, uh, this next place. And so verse, verse 5 says, and as they were cutting down trees, as they're in the process cutting down trees, doing the work of God, which is the will of God, but one, as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And the iron out fell into the water, and he cried out and said, "Alas, master, for it was borrowed. Now, here he is doing the will of God and the work of God. Watch this. And Elisha has agreed, and, and Elisha has gone with them, and everything is going well. And all of a sudden, while he's cutting down trees, in order to provide for the program, the, 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 the program of building a new place for them to dwell in, this iron axe head flies off the handle, flies into the water, and apparently he cannot find it. It's into the Jordan River and he can't find it. And he goes into a panic and he runs to Elisha, the prophet himself, and tells Elijah, this is my version, Elijah, I need your help, man, because the, the axe head that I had has fallen into the water. As you listen to that story play itself out, you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, hold on, why?" What's the big deal? Why not, why not just let the axe head be in the water? And, and why are you running to Elijah? Why don't you do something about it? I mean, like, what's going on here? But to help you understand, this son of a prophet, he pleads with Elisha because the axe head is made of iron. And in this particular period of time, iron was a very expensive product. And so this iron head, watch this, it is very expensive and it doesn't belong to this son of the prophet. He borrowed it in order to do the work and the will of God. Stay here with me. And in the process of doing the work and the will of God in cutting down trees for the purpose of building this house that is large enough to hold all the sons of the prophets and Elisha. He loses it in the water and therefore there is a need to have help from the man of God. Because losing this, this iron axe head, first of all, it would have put this poor son of the prophet who already didn't have any money. It would have put him further in debt. It would have indebted him into whomever he had borrowed it from. So now he's got to come up with some resources that he does not have, Lord Jesus, and he's trying to serve the Lord, and so it's going to cause him to have to come up with some resources that he does not have in order to pay back someone he borrowed the iron axe head from. Stay here. And secondly, the fact that this iron axe head has flown off the handle, it also means that, watch this, it's going to slow down the process Of the work of God, which is the will of God. Stay here with me. And so in order for, watch this, the work of God to continue and the will of God to be fulfilled. And this son of God, who is a son of the prophet, who is learning how to be a prophet, in order for him to remain out of debt and to be able to return to the person he has borrowed an iron axe head from, God sees fit, watch this, to to perform a miracle on his behalf. Stay here with me. This is why I say the miracles come along to support the work and the will of God. Lord have mercy. And so this answered my question, why, why even perform a miracle here? Why perform a miracle to retrieve an axe head? It's because it was necessary to support the work and the will of God. Here we have a need for a miracle so that the work and the will of God can be continued I know that sometimes we're looking for miracles not for the work or will of God but for our own purposes but as I kept digging into this text and I got to verse 6 it says so the man of God says where did it fall and he showed him the place so he cut off a stick and then threw it in there and made the iron float Elisha he says to his servant, where did the axe head fall? Now, this teaches us something else about miracles. Not only do miracles come to support the work and the will of God, but miracles, they specifically target the need. Now, notice what Elisha does in the text. Elijah says, where did the iron axe head fall. Now, they're working along the edges or around the Jordan River and this guy has his axe head fly off into the river and so he goes and gets Elisha. Elijah's like, okay, well, what do you want me to do? Well, at least tell me where it is. And so Elijah. Uh, he needs to know specifically where it is because when God performs miracles he doesn't just do random stuff there is a specificity about the miracles that God performs and so God needs to know through Elijah if I can say it this way where did the iron axe head fall because if he didn't exactly point out where the iron axe head fell when Elisha got ready to throw in the stick to raise up the iron every piece of iron in the joint Jordan River would have rose to the top but we're not trying to get all the iron out of the Jordan River we're only trying to retrieve the axe head that went in that came off this borrowed axe that this servant of the Lord has a need of kind of similar to when Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus the miracle of the resurrection of Lazarus was specific Jesus went to the tomb he didn't just say come forth he said Lazarus come forth Because if Jesus had just said, come forth, and been generic in his miracle calling, then all the dead that were in the grave would have come forth. When God performs a miracle, he's specific. Now, understanding that helps me also how to petition God for what I need in the form of a miracle. So in other words, don't just be generically asking for the stuff. Be specific about what it is you need God to perform the miracle for. Where is it? where did it fall in what is the need watch this when the son of the prophet shows him exactly where it is elisha goes there to that place he cuts the stick now watch this 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 whole process of cutting the stick and throwing it in the water has has literally no logical uh, connection to the fact that this iron axe head floats. Now, I'm, I know that there are scientifically, we want to be able to explain everything, but I did tell you that miracles are inexplicable through scientific law. So there's no scientific law why him throwing a stick in is going to cause the iron axe head to float. But watch this. But what, what, what is A critical to this point that I'm making here that that miracles are specifically targeted to the need is that he takes the stick and throws it in where the iron axe head fell in. The text says, so the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. And so he cut off a stick and he threw it in there. Y'all see that in the text? He threw it in right there where the iron axe head fell in. And when he threw it there specific to where the need was, then the iron axe head floated to the top. And so, when you need a miracle, Lord Jesus, help me God. When you need a miracle from God, it's helpful to be specific about what you need. See, some of the reasons why, not that God doesn't know, but but, but you and I need to learn when you need something from the Lord, be specific about what you need. Lord, help us here. Sometimes you ask people for prayer requests and people are going through stuff and, and I know you can't tell everybody everything, but if you want God to perform a miracle and you want folk to pray for something to change in your life it might be helpful for you to be specific about what it is you need I mean just just, just pray for me in general well, if I pray for you in general you get general stuff happening but if so, help me God if we can target the issue tell me where it is tell me where it hurts tell us where the need is so we can target it tell the man of God where did it go in where did it fall and the son of the prophet it went in right here And so the man of God was able to go right there, throw the stick in right there, and the iron axe head floated up from right there. Y'all got to hear this this morning. Because when God performs miracles, he performs them very specifically to the targeted need. So stop being so generic. Stop being so protective. If you need a miracle from God, be specific about what it is you need. Now, but keep in mind, just because it's your need doesn't make it a miracle-performing opportunity because it also needs to support the will and the work of God. You know, a lot of things we want is miracles that have nothing to do with the will and the work of God. We want miracles performed for our own will and for our own selfish ambitions. But miracles are performed to accomplish the work and the will of God, and they're performed specifically to the targeted need. Picking up in verse 7, the final verse here that we looked at this morning, it says, Therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. And he reached out his hand and he took it. The final point I want to make this morning as it relates to miracles, not only do they support the will and the work of God and are specifically targeted to the need, but thirdly, they supply opportunity for human reception. Elisha says to him, pick it up for yourself. I like that. I'm not sure what it is, but so often we become accustomed to everybody doing everything for us. Well, in the text, what God shows us about himself is that he'll do what you cannot do. The son of the prophet could not raise the iron axe head up out of the Jordan River. One, he didn't know where it was. He didn't know where to go get it from. He just knew the general area that it was in and he couldn't get it up. God does what he couldn't do. God performs a miracle and raises an iron axe head up out the middle of a flowing Jordan River. God does, listen, God does the part that you can't do. That's what makes it a miracle. If you could do it, it wouldn't be a miracle. So God does the part that you can't do and he affords you an opportunity to receive what he's just done.
1: So he tells this son of the prophet, go pick it up for yourself. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD, or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org, and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together, and we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at cateringministries.org, or contact our church office at 301 Please join us again as Senior Pastor Buchus Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.